Hey there, this is your host, Steph Naval, and welcome to The Advocate Podcast. For today's episode, we will be talking about how to start your own NGO. So our guest is someone who has come to the show before. Now, she is the executive director of Local Lab, which is a Shargao-based NGO that creatively collaborates with and supports local communities through sustainable projects with the goal of creating equal access to sustainable lifestyles and opportunities. Now, she graduated from economics from UP Dilaman, and she's also a friend from high school. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Cara Rosas. Hi, Steph. Thanks for having me back again. I really <laughs> yes. excited to talk about like my NGO and like my experiences. And like, though I'm not very experienced yet, like it's just really good to share. Or like I feel it's important to share like um how people could do this because like sometimes like we think that we're just an individual who can't make a change. But then it's really like just believing in yourself and like having that one goal and chasing after that we're act- that we actually can do that. Yes, thank you so much. Now, um, I would we can start with how you got interested in your advocacy and um, part, what was the process behind it or what made you decide, okay, I'm going to start an NGO and despite all the challenges and you feel like you're so young already, but yet you want to start something like this. Okay, so like how it actually started was like I always really loved traveling, especially like around the Philippines. Sometimes I would take like five-hour boat rides to go to the surreal community and like it's more of like see the country and also like get to know the community and how they are and like when i would hear like when i would be in those islands like i would love talking to the locals seeing what their dreams are like how they are like how life is in the island and what they actually do for a living and it's really like those conversations that like um ignited like my passion to like wanting to help them because i could see their potential i could see how how um, how inspiring they really were and that if only they had the access to like certain things that they could actually um, reach all of these rights. So it started with that. And then I remember like really the pivotal moment as to when I realized that I wanted to work in development work was when I um, wrote my thesis on the impact of food inflation and poverty in the Philippines. And that's when um, like I saw the disparity of like how different communities are affected by the rise in food prices. So here we study like rural and urban households and agricultural and non-agricultural households. So this is where I real, um, like where we saw that, for example, like in the 2007 to 2008 food crisis, the prices like almost 80%. And here actually like the poor people, like we're the fifth country in the world, like based on statistics back then, we're the fifth country in the world where our poor spend most of their income on food. So that's around 60% of your income on food. So imagine like mm-hmm. if you're 60% of your income go on food, like where could you give your money for um, education, for medicine, and even family emergencies? Like how could you do that if you would want to eat, right? So this is when I realized like, okay, like there has to be done something about this. So when food prices rise, actually, the farmers are able to benefit from that. But then it's the urban poor people who aren't able to actually... Um, like benefit from the rise in food prices because of course like the food their food's getting more expensive so here i wanted to focus on rural on agricultural households because i saw like okay how come there are no policies working with them or like how come they know like how come they're not much ngos working with the rural sectors when they're the ones who of course like need so much more help since it's very concentrated in manila or um urban areas because that's that's where everyone's based so um after i took after I wrote my thesis on the impact of food inflation and poverty, that's when I wanted to um, volunteer with NGOs. So my first the first NGO that I worked with was um, Grammy and Foundation. And this was where we, um, it's a microfinance organization. And um, we wanted to study like 
I was on this project called Farmer to Farmer, so where we connected um, um researchers and yeah, researchers and volunteers to farmers and how they could actually benefit and how they could improve their technology to maximize their yield. We also worked with Sari Sari store owners where we introduced microfinance to them and how they could actually penetrate that mar market and even like be sustainable on their own. Because like, of course, like women empowerment, we want them to not be reliant on their husbands. We want them to make a living out of themselves and how they don't have to be dependent on someone else to earn this income. So here, um, like in Grammy, like I remember on the weekends, we would visit different Sari Sari store owners. We would see like how it's like and what, like we would see what they're doing and how it's like and how um like just these small conversations really ignites like it makes you want to ask more questions and like when i would ask more questions like um my stint work in ice in grammy foundation was more of like the qualitative side so i wanted to study the quantitative aspect on how actually um data could play a big part and like coming from an economics background like we really do love yeah. data. i wanted to see like what <laughs> what i could do for that so um in ICM, I was a data and analyst research there where we studied the bottom 7% of the Philippines. So those are those who earn less than 22 pesos a day. So imagine mm -hmm. that's just like 0.5 US dollars and that's really nothing. So like, how do you expect them to raise a family? How do you expect them to um, bring their kids to school and to eat every day and even provide medicine if they can't, if they're only living at 22 pesos a day. So here we actually like, um, we saw like what their needs are, like based on the statistics and questionnaires that we would ask and like try to run different regressions on how data could actually empower them and see like if we implement this project in um, site A with this work in site B. So it's really analyzing what could work. But then here, like with my project, um, with my experience in ICM, that's when I was wanted to see like, okay, these, num these statistics are not just like these statistics are not just numbers, like they're actually human lives behind that. And I wanted to go on the grassroots level to really see what is going on in the community because like really I, I never had like a long-term stint of just being close to the community. So yeah. that's when mm -hmm. um, I found like this farm in Chagao called Bayatakan Farm. And that's when I decided, okay, like um, I'll volunteer here in Bayatakan Farm for a while and teach them microfinance and teach them like, little like teach them what i know like it's not much but it's really like contributing to them and seeing how that i how i could help and more for myself also because like learning is not learning is not a one-way street like it's also me learning from the community yeah, and i really exactly. didn't learn so much from them so here when i was in Baitakan farm that's when i um when i was staying like it actually was like kind of faith or something because i was staying with um this couple they're called mark and iris and they own this local shagal so this is a social enterprise based in the north of Chagao. So it's Burgos, it's like one hour away from the tourist destination. Mm -hmm. So here they really wanted to be on the grassroots and community level to see how it's working. And when they opened Lakal Chagao, like they wanted to everything to be from the island. And they realized that, okay, like how come we're not, how come there's so little areas where I could buy from local farmers when there's so many local farmers here in Chagao. So that's when they decided to put up an NGO and that's also when I joined in. So the mm -hmm. NGO is called Lakal Lab. So we work with the community of Burgos now. That's where we're based. And we really like we have three pillars, which are actually um, education. We have three pillars, which are education, um, art and culture and livelihood. So it's really supporting the farmers, supporting the fishermen, supporting weavers, preserving the arts and cultures here in Chigao and using art as a medium of expression. And and then we also um, in terms of education because we all know how important education is to really make a difference in their lives and it's by giving them access that we're able to give these opportunities to them so um how this really started was because like 
like going back to your question, like how to start an NGO. And like, mm-hmm. I thought like, I never thought that I would have this career in development. Like I always expected that I would be going to like some corporate finance type of thing because I was an econ major. But then like, mm-hmm. I would always find myself like reading books about development, finding ways to do like, um, where I would always visit this orphanage near my condo back in Katapunan because like, I really just enjoy like working with the community and getting to know getting to know more about them. So it really started from that. And I think like it's starting by like trying to ignite and fuel my passion into do some, doing something more because like my, like I'm doing this not just for myself, but then because I want to help someone because I see that there is untapped potential in them and, it, and it's by empowering them that you're actually able to, like if I could just make a difference in one person's lives and make a change and then that would like, really mean so much to me and that's why I'm doing all the work I'm doing that's why I'm trying like I'm actually gonna go back to take my master's in agricultural economics because like like I like I do believe like I'm not an expert in anything like I never took anything with development and it really just started for me wanting to do more so of course like I want to bring back what I know and use my position of privilege into translating to that something and I think like from where we all come from like sometimes we try to ignore that we are in this position of privilege like we think that okay yeah we're lucky enough to be here but then i think it's by acknowledging that position of privilege and then translating that into awareness and Mm -hmm. then and taking that into wanting to help people and that you're able to create like more change and give them a platform to do so and be their platform for that community whoever it may be so like for me for anyone who's interested in starting an organization like never feel like I'm like I'm only 23 but I feel like I could do so much more like my vision for local is to um be in all the island communities here in the Philippines and expand to different regions and I like I know that's possible and like sometimes yes that like like it's really with the work um, with finding these individuals who are as passionate as you so like the co-founders of local and like my team at local like we do share the same vision like we come from different backgrounds for example Mark the founder is an architect Iris is a writer we have like we have so many people, like we have some anthropologists working for us, but then like, look at like, it's tying back like all these differences com- contributing to one cause that you're actually able to like make a change in every way you want. And I think what's super necessary with organizations also, and like if you want to start one is that you have to make sure that the community you're working with shares the same mission and vision as you, like shares the same values that you're not just doing this because like you, um, you're not just doing this one thing because you think that it's the best way, but then you're doing this one thing because you believe that they need it and that they also told you that they need it. So it's really by conversing with them, letting you know, like making them know that they're part of this whole, um, the, that this thing is theirs also because you want it to be sustainable, that even without you, they could still run. Like even without you, their projects, um, even with their kids, their projects are still going to be ongoing. For example, like the things we do, like we actually want to like become in 10 years time, we don't want to be like, we want to transfer to different communities because we know we already helped this community and they could survive on their own without us. And it's also like, it's very empowering for them too, because they know, okay, I could do that. And um, like, I could lead this thing. I could make a change in my own community and help my community out. Yeah, uh, very well said. That's very inspirational, Kara. I really loved it. <laughs> Thanks um, so much, Steph. 
From what I can get, you've said a lot that are very great and very insightful. So it's great that you point you pointed out about first finding your passion and igniting it and getting into research and data and education. That's why you're going to take your master's. That's why you also value education for your local community. And I also liked how you talk about that it's a partnership and it's not you above them but it's a partnership that not only do you learn from it learn from each other the same time um having to be able to learn um to be able to contribute to them and they can contribute to your learning as well so it's a very great partnership and i also like how you pointed out with the diverse the diverseness um the diversity of of your of your ngo and how that's able to that's how and how that's able to contribute to all your strengths and as a team and that's really great and I really love how you're very vision I think one of my favorite um, realizations with you is that it's important for the community to have the same vision and mission as you especially with local farmers and with the community that you're in because if some of them especially one of the concerns is that they think of short term because that's what they've known all their life knowing about survival but then for you it's great that if you're able to bring farmers to think more of the long run and realize the bigger picture that will not only affect them personally within their small families but many generations to come and ultimately the entire country even so thank you so much for that Kara. i think that's all the time we have today so i really appreciate you coming to the show and i wish you well good luck in your ngo thanks so much steph it was really great thank you for having me i really did learn so much from you also and it was like really nice to share like my experiences and i think like to tie back also it's like really like um, it's not just a one-time thing. Like it's also constant learning. Like it's immersing yourself in the community, gaining a nuanced understanding of the situation, and then like not only coming up with like ethical impact and data-driven solutions, but also like putting faces and names to the statistics. So like it's a iterative and reciprocal process of growth towards empowering community to create tangible and sustainable change in spite of the dis- disparities towards narrowing the gap and maximizing their potential. Yes, exactly. Before we end, do you have any uh, last minute um, Instagram handles that you'd like to or social media platforms you'd like to promote for Local Lab and also even for yourself, for your own advocacies? Yeah, Yeah, no. So like if you want to check out our website or like even volunteer, like we have, we love having people from different backgrounds volunteer with us, like sharing their experiences. So you could check out our website. It's called localshargao.com or you could also check our Instagram, local.lab. So yeah, thanks so much. Hey, advocates. Thank you so much for tuning in into this episode. If you have any comments or suggestions of topics that we can still discuss in this podcast in the future, feel free to contact me at underscore Steph Naval on Instagram or Twitter. So thank you so much and have a good day.